right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5 this uh, afternoon. I want to preach a topic that's essential in the Christian life, and that's obedience, obedience. Luke chapter 5, and I'm glad that uh, the computer's working again because mine's not, and so uh, some weird stuff going on around here, but it's the prince and power of the air. That messes up these computers, amen? And somebody said, well, why don't you just get a new one? It is a new one, amen? That's all I can say, about $1,000 new. And so we're going to keep trying to get it straight and not uh, cash it in yet. Luke chapter 5, obedience is very key. There's a little song that obedience is the very best way, and I think that's a good song, but really obedience is the only way. It's the only way you'll please God. It's the only way you'll grow in the Lord. It's the only way that you'll be used of God. Um, obedience should be energetic, devout, and fervent. It ought to be instant. It ought to be impartial, immediate uh, obedience. And uh, there should not be any. I was after a guy got saved Sunday morning. I said. Uh, I want you to, and I stopped right in the middle of the sentence. I said, I almost said, I want you to pray about getting baptized. You don't pray about obedience. You don't pray anything about obedience. You just do it. Amen. You don't pray about it. Maybe you pray about the timing and who you can get here to uh, watch you get baptized so they'll get saved. But you don't even have to pray about a direct command from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, obedience. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, thought tonight. In Luke chapter 5, can't wait to the couples retreats, only about three weeks from tomorrow, and we're going to have a great time, and be sure to get your uh, full payment in by Easter if you would, uh, and we got to really know exact number, because we're holding rooms across the valley, and uh, up on the mountaintop, and all kinds of things, and we got to release those rooms or pay for them, and so be sure to let me know if you can't go to the it's going to be great. Brother Jeremy's going to be teaching. I'll teach. Uh, Miss Rebecca's going to teach the ladies. We have a split session. I always want to do that. And they got this beautiful outside pavilion that the men can go outside. We might all go outside if, we, if it's pretty weather like this. And it's a, a beautiful, beautiful facility up in Pigeon Ford. Can't wait for that. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I think I still need couples. I was... Married 47 years yesterday, but I still need these couples. And my wife will tell you I do, amen. Uh, and uh, she she needs them too to put up with me. And uh, we had a wonderful time yesterday. We went to the big city of Chattanooga and celebrated by going to Olive Gardens, her favorite restaurant, and we had a wonderful time. Uh, it's just good to have a good wife, I'll tell you that. It's good to have a good marriage. I'd hate to think about fussing and fighting all the time, manipulating and maneuvering, and we can minister one to another. So you ought to thank God for your mate, and you ought to tell them often, not just on anniversary um, day, that you love them and that you appreciate them. All right, Luke chapter 5. I've stalled as long as I can because I'm only going to preach 30 minutes. And uh, every time I say that, it's trouble, but I really am. Uh, let's read verses 1 through 11 real slow. Amen. Everybody stand all the Word of God if you're physically able. If you're not, God knows you're standing in your heart. Amen. The Bible says, and it came to pass. I once heard a black preacher on radio preach on that phrase. It came to pass. Amen. As the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, 
he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he and, and saw two ships standing by the lake, um, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered in, into one of the ships, which was Simon's, in that amazing situation, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now that ship had a great day. From an old ship that just used for fishermen became a pulpit for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it was all because of obedience. I'll preach that in just a minute. And it said uh, he taught him out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've told all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, they include, when they this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their nets and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he was astonished at all that were with him at the draught of the fish which they had taken. And so was also James, the son, John, the son of Zebedee, which were partnered with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Thank God. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you so much for the privilege and power of obedience. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. And thank you, dear God, that you lead us. I thank you, God, for the day you led me to Dalton, Georgia on a uh, Thanksgiving day uh, in 1977. And Lord, thank you, dear God, for this church and all the ones that's been so faithful over the years. Thank you for this past year, God, that we could take on 10 new missionaries. And God, some churches are closing the door. Some churches are going bankrupt. God, you blessed this church to be a blessing. And I believe it's because your people were obedient to tithe even though the plate was not passed in front of them. They were obedient to give their faith promise offering even though sometimes some of them couldn't even come here because they were sick. And so, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful year you've given us of obedience. And, Lord, help us to continue to be obedient. And God, use us for your glory. Lord, change our little old lives into a platform for Jesus to speak. And we're going to thank and praise you for being a vessel of honor, a yielded vessel, an obedient vessel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to know this first thing about obedience is that obedience should be without question. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, the Bible tells us that they stood on a lake and they had fished all night, and uh, they were washing their nets, and they had caught nothing. And don't you hate it when you're uh, 
asked how many fish you catched, caught, and you ain't caught anything, you don't want to say, say that you haven't. But these disciples were honest and said, we fished all night, and we've caught nothing. And Jesus came along and said, listen, I want you to thrust out a little from the land. And uh, he sat down on that ship, and he taught the people out of the ship. So he was just a few maybe yards off the shore. And then, uh, as a blessing for Peter's obedience and yieldedness, he said, I want, you to, I want you to realize that you're about to be blessed, and I want you to go fishing with me. And he let down his net at, the, at God's word. And so a lot of times we want to question God when he tells us to do something. Folks, I want to tell you something. When you obey, he changes your old vessel into a divine instrument. When you yield to the Spirit of God, it's the treasure in the vessel that takes over. And folks, we're not much by ourselves. The Bible says without God, we, without Christ, we can do nothing. And we're just, uh, you know, just a vessel. But I want to tell you something. Yielded, obedient vessels can change into a divine instrument for God's glory. Now think about that just a moment. This boat was minding its own business. And these fishermen were very distraught because they'd fished all night and they caught nothing. And here comes Jesus. And he tells them, and he doesn't suggest it. And he doesn't beg them. He tells them to do something, to launch out in the deep. First of all, he said, launch out into the shadows, shadow uh, water, and let me use this boat for a divine purpose of preaching. And he preached from the boat. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, you want to turn with me to Isaiah, Psalms, Isaiah, uh, excuse me, Isaiah uh and uh, I want you to look at chapter 55, verse 8. You know the verse, but it wouldn't hurt you to, a bit to look at it again. Isaiah 55, 8 says this. Um, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Then I love verse 9. It says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Aren't you glad of that fact? Is that God knows what he's doing when we don't know what we're doing. And God knows what he's doing if we'll just yield to him and let him do it. And let him be who he is through us. That's my favorite saying, is that we need to let him be who he is through us. That's the spirit-filled life. That's the word-filled life. That's the obedient life. Look at verse 11. It says, For my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I send it. Folks, do you believe that? I believe God's called us to plant seeds wherever we go. I was in a uh, restaurant today, and they had this big old bulletin board right outside the men's restroom where everybody could see it, but I don't think anybody really look, looks at it. And they had all these business cards clipped with these little little uh, clips. They look like miniature clothes pins like my mother used to use on the clothesline. How many of your mothers used to hang out clothes? Raise your hand. Praise God. Wasn't that a blessing? And then if you was playing ball out in the yard, you was to touch one of them 
you was in trouble, amen? And I never forget my mother used to hang them up downstairs. She was too cheap to buy a dryer and was too broke to buy one. And I always wondered why my clothes smelled like dirt. I couldn't figure it out. But after I grew up and came back home, I saw those, those clothes hanging in that dirt bottom basement. I said, they soaking up that dirt from the basement. That's why I've always smelled like dirt uh, when I was in high school. I figured it out, praise God. But I want to tell you something. These little clothes pins are hanging up these cards. I said, you know something? There ought to be something worthwhile hanging up with all these cards. And I put tracks out and put, clipped them right there. I'm wondering how long they're going to stay up. Amen. I might go back to that place, best hot wings in town, and just find out if they're going to keep that track up there with those cards. That's my card. Amen. And that'll be your card. But I want to tell you something, folks. His ways is above your ways. And folks, his thoughts is above your thoughts. If you try to trace God, you're going to mess up. What you need to do is trust God and plant the seed wherever you go and obey God when he prompts you to, t to speak to someone, to witness to someone. Folks, we're not here just to entertain. We're not here to class people. We're here to reach people. And folks, God help our church to get back to that. I was talking to a preacher uh, yesterday, and he said, I don't think we'll ever get back to door knocking. I said, we are. The Saturday after Easter, we're going to go knock on doors. If I get the COVID and die again, Praise God, or, or, or uh, I'm going to go out and knock on doors because God wants us to plant the seed, amen? Uh, you can throw a track in the door and run if you want to, but we need to get the gospel out because his ways are above our ways. And by the way, through this pandemic, there's a lot of people thinking about death that was not thinking about death uh, 13 months ago, amen? And folks, it's a good time to plant the seed, okay? So he can change your old vessel. Look at verse 3. And he entered in one of the ships. Just one of the ships. Any old ship will do, and which was Simon's. And that was a blessing to Simon, not to Jesus as much, but to Simon, that God would use his boat. And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, just so he could get off from the crowd momming him, probably for a healing. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Folks, God blesses obedience without question. Number two, I believe that we ought to obey in the small and little and insignificant things. Folks, it wasn't a big deal to put a boat out a few feet from the shore and let Jesus speak from, uh, from it. That didn't cost Peter a nickel. It didn't cost Peter much. He was probably dead tired and frustrated because he'd fished all night and he was a commercial fisherman and that's how he made his living and he was probably a little worried about some money and some problems and things and, and not catching anything, but it didn't, catch, it didn't cost Peter a thing except obedience. Small areas of your life are areas of spiritual progress. Uh, it's, sometimes it's not just little things, it's difficult things. I mean, they told all night. He probably was tired. You ever been so tired you didn't want to come to church on Wednesday night? Don't raise your hand, but you're here, amen? A few of you are here, and I appreciate you. But folks, listen, you're an encouragement to my soul. But I want you to know, friend, insignificant things can become significant when God touches them. Say amen. And our little old obedience, our handing out one track, our, this is really chicken, our tracks put on the wall, 
with the business cards, our witnessing to the waitress. I didn't think we'd ever have a waiter or waitress ever come to this church, much less get saved, but one did last Sunday. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. And folks, obedience in the small, little, significant, difficult things. You come to church when you don't feel like it. God might just use your testimony tonight to a lost neighbor. Seeing you get your Bible and all your kids together, and God bless you to have over one child uh, trying to get to church on time. That is a miracle. Amen? But y'all are here, and you're in, uh, you're in your place of serving and, and keeping the nursery and, and teaching these precious little children that look forward to it so much. I heard an article, or I read an article, or, or heard a broadcast on, uh, yeah, James Dobson. And some guy was on there named Clinton, not Bill. I think it was Keith. And he was talking about the survey that the psychiatric people were giving and that, that uh, there had been uh, a record number of cases of children with psychological problems from this pandemic. And then suicides are, are, are doubling. And, and it's, 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 a, it's a problem. And now they're begging schools, even San Francisco. Can you believe that? San Francisco, the home of something, um, is suing their own school system, to uh, uh, their own government to open up the schools because their kids are going crazy, parents are going crazy. And uh, I'm not saying that lightly either. Folks, if we need public school, Gatherings. How much more do we need Sunday school, church, choir, um, nursery, master club? You need it. And folks, I want to tell you something. You're selfish. You're se- I, I talked to a fellow the other day. He said, I just get so much more out of your preaching on a big screen TV. I said, I don't get nothing out of your attending. And I meant it. I said, you ought to come to exhort your preacher. He said, y'all ought to get back to that. I will when it's safe. And I want to tell you something, friend. We don't come for ourselves. We come for others. Amen. That's obedience. That's obedience. We ought, to, we, ought to, uh, we ought to come to exhort one another and provoke one another. There's so much the more of the day. And that brings me to my third point. We ought to obey God because when we obey God, it's always beneficial to others. To others. Uh, folks, I want to tell you something. Jesus taught the eternal word from Peter's boat. His boat took on divine significance. His life should have had a smile upon it that day when by his simple obedience, God used his possession. God used his little old fishing career. God used his boat. He's about to use him even more. He's about to call him out of fishing for fish and fish for men and be his full-time disciple, amen? And so, folks, Jesus taught the eternal word from Peter's little old boat. And then listen, we need to realize that there's, 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 when you do something for God and you obey God, wasn't, a, what, wasn't it a blessing that many people heard the Lord Jesus Christ on that afternoon or that morning when he used the boat and he safely was a distance from the mobbing crowd and he taught them the word of God. Listen, friend, when you get baptized, it's not for you, even though it is a blessing for you to get baptized because then you're blessed. 
God does not bless disobedient Christians. God does not bless disobedient children. You might bless your little disobedient children, but what you ought to do is take blessings away from them until they learn to obey. Amen. That's right. And folks, we pamper them and let them run our lives. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. It, what the best thing they have is discipline as children. Discipline. It's taught in the Bible seven times in Proverbs. You ought to spank your children. How many has ever had a spanking? Raise your hand. How many deserve more than you got? Raise your hand. Okay, praise God. We're all on the same page on that one. But I want to tell you something, friend. We know to obey God because when we do, people are blessed. When you get baptized, they expect a preacher to preach death, burial, and resurrection. But they don't expect some guy that's only been in the church a few weeks or a few minutes and gets saved to walk up here to this baptistry and go under the water and up again picturing the death, burial, and resurrection. It catches them off guard because it's not the preacher that's preaching, it's you that's preaching. You're preaching obedience and you're preaching a witness. And we ought to get baptized for others to see Jesus in our life. And if you're not baptized, you're out of the will of God. I'm not Church of Christ and we're close to it. And it doesn't save you, but I want to tell you something, folks. It sanctifies you. And I want to tell you something, you can be 99.9% .9 in the will of God, and I'm going to say this, if you're not baptized, you're not in the will of God. That's how important it is. After you get saved, you need to get baptized sooner than later. And don't have to pray about it, just do it, just do it. Church attendance, that is obedience. How many times have you come to church when you didn't feel like it? This morning when I woke up, I didn't feel like getting out of the house. My sinuses were the worst it's ever been in my life. But when you get to be an old man, it, it, it affects you that way. And my wife's very allergic to all this allergic stuff and, and pollen on the leaves and pollen. on. I said, but I'm not. Well, I am now. I shouldn't have said I'm not. And I want to tell you something. I said, it's going to be the grace of God if, if I get to preach tonight. I said, I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to ask God to help. I took this Kroger Tussin. It was like a miracle working drug. Praise God. I'm going to take another dose when I get back home. No, not really. But I want to tell you something, folks. God help us to be in our place. And I want to tell you something. They're estimating 33% of, of churches will never come back. 33% of Baptist churches will not come back. Maybe it's just all churches. They're going to stay at home. Uh, they think it's easier to, to stay at home in their pajamas and watch the preacher. Well, it is easier. It's more convenient. I got to admit it. But I want to tell you something, friend. I never got a break, so I don't think you ought to get one. Say amen. I've been here through the whole thing. I had to show up the day after it broke loose and preach to an empty congregation. I think Brother Randy was here and Jason and Becca, and that was it. And, of course, Brother Cody, faithful Cody, was recording it. We've been going ever since. But I'll tell you this, friend, it's a blessing to be a blessing. Obedience always is beneficial to others. It's beneficial to you. Peter was smiling, thankful, didn't catch a thing all night, but God was using his little old boat for the help of the furtherance of the gospel. God can use your children for the furtherance of the gospel. Need to pray for Mark. He's on the way back 
uh, to the States for three weeks um, as director of Africa and trying to get more missionaries over in Africa. And that's a wonderful thing. And folks, I'll tell you what, there's missionaries calling me every day. And I just try to be so kind to them because we can't take them all alone. I think it's great that we've taken on 10 during this time, but I just can't take them all alone. You can't take them all alone. But Hebrews chapter 10, I want you to look at it about obedience real quick. I want you to see something about church attendance. Church attendance. Y'all can all smile. And I know some can't come. Say, I thank God for the internet. Uh, with tears, Miss Deborah Lumpkin, who's been quarantined because of her health condition, she cannot be around you because you're so contagious. I mean, not even uh, uh, COVID. I'm talking about just anything. If she gets it, it would be terrible. And she with tears says, thank that, thank God for the media. And she told me how she got it. She got a Roku, and she got on somebody else's YouTube. I didn't even know you had to pay for YouTube. I don't. I must have it illegally. I don't know how I get it. But, uh, and boy, she was telling me how to tell others to get that. And she was excited that she could hear the word. She said, it has sustained me. It has sustained me that I have, have the Sunday school lessons and your preaching and others that preach from Whitfield Baptist Church every Sunday and every Wednesday. And she was so grateful. And it touched my heart about the value of the, of the ministry, of the media. But wait a minute. It's a value also of you coming and attending. And I never thought I'd have to preach this, but folks, listen, it's important that you be here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. You know the verse? It says, Not forsaking the assembly yourselves together, as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as we see the day approaching. Now, folks, if you don't feel comfortable, stay at home. But if you feel, if you, if you feel convicted, come to the house of God. If you are afraid that you're too sick to be here, stay at home. You got a fever? Please stay at home. If uh, you can't get your breath, please stay at home. Uh, we don't want no more of this stuff around here. But, folks, I want to tell you something. If you can all possibly be here, you ought to be here. Why? Back up to verse 23 or 22. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It says, We ought to draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When you come to the house of God, you ought to get more faith. But look at verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Here it is, testimony time. Not you standing up giving a testimony, which is wonderful. Not me standing up testifying how great it is to be married to a godly woman, and that's wonderful. It's just being here. It's just being here. Folks, to someone, you're the only testimony they have, especially in some of the neighborhoods you live in. They need to see you get up, discipline yourself, and get to the house of God more faithfully than you go to work because it's more essential. More faithfully than you go to school because Sunday school is more essential than your daily school. You say, you're crazy, preacher. Well, don't wake me up. I believe the word of God's important. And I believe it's more important 
than anything society has to offer. We need to be faithful as our testimony. But here is the, here's the key, verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You ought to come to provoke people. Now, I've had some people come in this house, and they have provoked almost me to anger. And they've promoted me to discouragement because they listen like they're dead. And they listen like they're about to die. And they listen like they wish they this preacher would shut up and not preach over 15 minutes. And that's discouraging. But I want to tell you something, friend. I've had others come in here, and it's been an encouragement. And a lot of you are encouragement. And you provoke me to love preaching and to love God and to love each other. Folks, we're not here for ourselves, or let's all shut this thing down. It'd be a lot cheaper, and let's just all get TV sets, and let's all get cameras, and we'll just have the preacher come, and everybody else stay at home. You say, are you ticked off? No, I'm preaching on obedience. And obedience is better than sacrifice. And obedience is better than pleasure. And I'll say obedience is the only way that you can provoke others to be faithful. That's why I think if you're saved, you ought to be in church. Say amen. And I believe you ought to be in church on Sunday night. And I believe you ought to be in church on Wednesday night. And I believe you ought not be begged, primed, or promoted to be in church. There ought to be someone in you called the Holy Ghost that wants to gather with other Christians that have had the same experience of salvation and get together an ecclesia, called out assembly, and provoke each other for love, testify, be equipped, charge hell with the word of God and go out in this world and tell people about Jesus. Be motivated. Be stirred. Stir up the gift that's within you has been preached recently. And so folks, obeying God is always beneficial to others. We ought to obey God in our attendance. We ought to obey God in our tithing. Folks, I want to tell you something. You ought to put God first every week. He put you first by giving you a breath, didn't he? And I think the first fruits ought to be the Lord's. I don't believe you ought to give them leftovers. I don't believe you ought to give them crumbs on the table. I believe you ought to give him the first 10% of your gross pay. Before the government gets it, God is entitled to 10%, and I believe more. How many give faith promise in here? Raise your hand. Isn't it a privilege? that God flows through you and these missionary families are all over the world and preaching the gospel and have a place to live and a place to meet and have Bibles to give out, all because you believe in God's commandment to go into the whole world and preach the gospel. That's faith promise. Obedience. Obedience. Witnessing is obedience. Hardest thing in the world to do for some of y'all is speak to other people about the Lord. You can speak about the Braves. Say amen right there, Miss Carolyn. Uh, you can speak about finances. You can speak about the stock market. And you definitely can speak about politics. Amen? Pray, I mean, how many, how many people have talked about that that I even did? Transgender getting in the leadership of our country. God, help us. But folks, we ought to be just as bold about preaching the Word of God. Door to door, house to house. Let me hurry. I got to close. Some of you got to leave. Obeying God might require you to do some things that seem unreasonable and undesirable. 
You know, they probably, this was their comment. Oh, this is just a waste of time. We have fished all night, Lord. We caught nothing, Lord. He knew that. And I'm going to tell you why he knew that. He set up failure to show himself strong. The night of struggle allowed uh, allowed failure teaches a lesson. What is that lesson? We need God. And we need to obey God. And he says, I'm going to show you how to catch fish to professional fishermen. Isn't that something? They caught nothing, and the Lord allowed that to happen as he's allowed this pandemic, as he's allowed you to be sick, as he's allowed you to have several things happen in your life that's been terrible. But the reason he's allowed it because he wants to show himself strong on the morning of surrender. It might have been the night of struggle, but he wants a morning of surrender and then a tomorrow of satisfaction. That's the whole chapter outline. There was a night of struggle. Then there was a morning of surrender. And praise God, there was tomorrow of satisfaction. They started catching men and serving God. And their little old lives are put down in infamy and, and they're famous. And they're, they're my heroes and they're your heroes because one morning they just obeyed. And it was difficult. It's difficult to leave your country, to leave your home. Every time you go on furlough, ladies, it'll be difficult to go home. It's not the same for Miss Corley. She is going home. But, you know, for Miss Deborah, she's got to leave her parents. She's got to leave America. And she gladly does it, but it's not easy. It's not easy to have five kids on one airplane say amen. I had one baby one time. I didn't have the baby. I cared for the baby. Jason Holtz sent his daughter home, Katie. And she was about 12 months old, maybe 14 months old. And they entrusted us to take her back from the grandparents back to Peru or vice versa. And I tell you what, I was a nervous wreck. I mean, I could not believe that this little baby could walk, number one. And then number two, she could talk when everybody else wanted to sleep. And, and she could cry when everybody else was smiling until she started crying. And I thought, my goodness, this is not even my own daughter. And it's I'm a nervous wreck here. And she's got five she's got to put on that plane. And folks, it's not easy, but it's obedience. And God blesses obedience. And it's a blessing to be obedient. Oh, this is a waste of time. We fished all night. Nevertheless, look at verse uh, 5. He said, we've taken nothing, but nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. Folks, I want to tell you something. You're not much of a Christian if the only time you serve God is when you feel like it. Because the devil will make sure you don't feel like it. You're not much of a Christian if... You don't serve God when it's inconvenient, like it's raining or hailing outside, or or uh, uh, maybe you don't feel too good. You know, you got a, a hangnail, and I'm not talking about pandemic, and I'm talking about the virus. I'm talking about something minor, like sinuses. That's not going to kill you. Last time I checked, unless you stay up another night, like I did last night. But I want to tell you something, friend. 
thank God, thank God, we have the opportunity of a lifetime is to say, Lord, nevertheless, I don't feel like it. I don't think it's going to do any good personally, but you said it would do good, so I trust that your goodness is far better than my goodness. Your power is far better than my power. And folks, that's the Christian life, to live by faith. So obey God requires you to do some, some things that seem unreasonable. They fished all night. Number five, real quick. Obeying God never proves to be a disappointment. Look at verse six. And When they had done this, what did they do? Obeyed. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. And they beckoned to their not partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships. So they began to sink. I mean, they had a lot of fish. Wouldn't that be great to be a part of that fishing trip? And folks, I want to say this. Obeying God never proves to be a disappointment. It's an avenue to blessing. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. The time that you don't feel like obeying God and you do might be the time somebody gets saved. It might be the very time that you are encouraged personally by the Holy Ghost through the preached Word of God and, and kept you from quitting or bombing out or making some terrible decision. See, I'm afraid to miss church. I'm afraid to get a habit. When I was a layman, I especially, I said, I am not going to miss because if I miss, I know the next time will be easier to miss and the next time will be easier to miss and the next time will be easier to miss and then finally I'll just be out. And folks, listen, obedience is an avenue to blessing. But obedience is an avenue to be a blessing. Folks, you just don't know how much you encourage me by being here tonight. I didn't expect this number. You said, well, what did you expect, two or three? Yes. Because, I mean, you looked outside, the birds are chirping, the sun's shining, the breeze is blowing, the grass needs cutting, the plumbing. I had a, I had a, a, a leak under my sink right before I was the lead for church this tonight. And I got so much in the flesh, I said, dear God, I wonder if Jeremy's got his cell phone on. I'm going to call him or Gabe or somebody because I'm going to blow this thing if I have to work. And I said, I ain't got time for this. So I got a big old bucket and put under it and said, I'm going to church. And when I get home, I might have a baptistry. But praise God, I know one thing. God help us to be obedient because we need to be a blessing. Now, third of all, it's an avenue to be, to be a blessing. It's an avenue to be a blessing, but it's an avenue to bless his name. See, friend, here's the bottom line. Obedience blesses his name. Obedience blesses his name. Folks, you don't come to church to get a blessing, even though it is a blessing. I mean, I'm getting blessed by my own preaching tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. And I've been preaching a long time. But folks, to be a blessing even more important. When somebody comes up to me or texts me or says, hey, that, that message really helped me, that blesses my heart. You don't think that a preacher needs that after 47 years of preaching, but it blesses my heart to be a blessing. But I want to tell you something, that's, that's important, but the most important thing is that you bless his holy name. You know what you're saying? Thanks for Calvary. Thanks for my breath that you give me. Thank you for my family. 
Thank you for my husband, my wife. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the meal that I had today. And you bless His holy name with gratitude. So obedience should be an act of gratitude. Let me hurry. Number six, I think, Brother Cody. Obeying God allows him to demonstrate his power. Hey, folks, a yielded vessel demonstrates his power. Look at verse 7. The Bible says 6 and 7, but I'll just read verse 7. It says, And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Folks, I mean, it was a blessing to everybody. I mean, there were fish everywhere. And folks, they wouldn't have caught one minna if they hadn't have lent that boat to Jesus to preach on. I'm convinced of that. If they had not pushed out a little from the shore and said, take this old boat and make it a pulpit, they would have not caught anything but a cold. That's what I catch when I go fishing. And so obeying God allows him to demonstrate his power. You yield to God, John 15, 1 through 11 is a great, great, I wish somebody would preach on that, a great passage on abiding and fruit-bearing for God's glory. To be filled with the Spirit and the Word is such a blessing on this earth. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, talks about filled with the Word, and it's the same three evidence of being filled with the Spirit. It's synonymous. It, folks, listen. It says that you'll be grateful, and that you'll be joyful, and that you'll be submissive, mutually submissive and that you will have a happy home, and you'll glorify God in your home and your marriage. It's all four attributes or fruits of the Spirit are the same attributes of being filled with the Word. So obeying God allows Him to demonstrate, to work. Obedience is an expression of your faith, and God always blesses faith. Aren't you glad you can step out by faith, and God will step with you? Then let me just close and say, um, seventhly, I don't know if that's a word, seventhly, number seven, that obeying God deepens our understanding of God and ourselves. When you obey God and walk with God, you get to know Him. Look at verse eight, verse eight of Luke chapter five. The Bible says, and when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He saw him as the master of the wind and the master of the fish and the master of himself. Now the disciple is a disciple that's fishing for men. And thank God, friend, walking with God is enlightening. You see God for who he is, and you see yourself of who you are. Little old Zacchaeus saw himself as a wicked tax collector until he went home and invited Jesus to go home with him. And the wee little man became a great man of God. And folks, he was still a wee little man, but he had a great big God. And folks, I want to tell you something. God wants you to realize he's a big God. He's an able God. He's a God of miracles. He's a God that saved your soul. And if God can save your soul, I think he can sustain it. And I think he can use you as his servant. And it's a miracle to be saved. But it's a miracle to serve. Last but not least, obeying God can result in dramatic change in our life. Dramatic change. 
Aren't you glad that one day you stepped out by faith and walked an aisle or responded to a soul winner? And by faith, you put your trust in the death, burial, and resurrection. And what a dramatic change from death to life, from hell to heaven, from the devil to God. In one miracle prayer, one miracle repentance, one miracle faith. And folks, listen, they forsook all, and what happened? And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And Mark, Matthew 4, 4, 19 says, they became not fishers of fish, but fishers of men. The disciples of Christ were now doing something for eternity. They weren't trying to just fill their stomach. They were trying to fill this world with the glory of God and the word of God and the name of God and their life was elevated to being a servant of the living God but a vessel. They were like that old boat tied to the dock. Empty, no fish smell because no fish had been caught and they were mending their nets. The Lord came by and said, hey, I need that boat. And I want to preach from it. So I'm getting on this thing. Come on, Peter. Stop mending your nets. But put them on the boat because we're about to go fishing too. And cast out just a little ways. I imagine Peter was sitting there as the head usher, the altar boy, the sergeant of arms, the security team, I don't know what he thought he was, but I guarantee you he heard the greatest message he'd probably ever heard in his life. And those people did too. And then he launched out into the deep and God blessed him materially. God blessed him with fish. God blessed him to overflowing. So folks, after a night of struggle came a morning of surrender and then a tomorrow of total surrender, of satisfaction, and joy of being his disciple. Father, use this message, very simple, verse by verse, but very powerful, because it's verse by verse. And Lord, I know some people are going to take this wrong tonight, and they might be offended. But Lord, I'm not here running for office, and I'm not here trying to be a politic, politician. Hear God to be your messenger. God deliver in love the truth. And sometimes the truth will just help if we'll just obey it. God help us to realize the value and blessing of obedience. Immediate, impartial obedience. God help us just trust and obey for there's no other way for you to use us, for you to bless us, and for you, for you, Lord, to turn our little old selfish vessels into vessels of honor and glory that you might preach on and preach through and use divinely because we simply obey. With every head bowed, every eye closed. It's a little early, but I'm closing it down said what God told me to say. But how many of you are glad for that day that you stepped up by faith and got saved?
And now you know you're going to heaven instead of hell. Would you raise your hand? You know you're going to heaven instead of hell. And that's everybody, I think, in here. If you're not sure, you ought to make sure tonight before you leave. I wouldn't leave here lost. But how many would say, preacher, I'm glad that only he saved me. But that he has challenged me. He's called me. He has used his word to help me to realize that the only thing that I need to do is trust and obey him with all my heart and all my soul and all my life and that God will be a blessing through me and that his name will be blessed, most important of all. And aren't you glad tonight that you're obedient? And have me say, preacher, and I sure would like to be more obedient. I know the Wednesday night crowd is the best crowd as far as probably faithfulness, but we all can draw closer to God. And you'd say, preacher, help me to pray that I will be impartially, immediately obedient to God no matter what he says do for his glory. And that's your prayer tonight. Would you slip your hand up real high? God bless you. Thank you, visitor. Thank you, thank you for being here. Young people, thank you. Young couples, thrills my soul see you here all over this place obedience is the avenue to be blessed it's an avenue to be a blessing and it's an avenue to bless his holy name father thank you for the night of struggle that you gave the disciples catching nothing but lord i sure thank you for that morning of surrender that morning of obedience and god for the history see those same fishermen turn the world upside down with their faith and obedience. Lord, use us like that. God, may we not try to trace you, but help us to trust you with our entire life for your glory. In Jesus' name.